Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. Gently down the stream. Deliverance is a really, really scary movie. <laughs> you already gave away your opinion. Did I? Kind or did of. I? Scary isn't like the word, but the it's word. a word. It's a word. Yeah. It's a singular word that you could use to describe deliverance. Hi, Nadine. Hi, Nita. We're in person again. Yes. It's always better in person. It feels better. Maybe it doesn't sound better, but it feels better. No, the sound is something we got to figure out. But honestly, like the energy that we feed off of it's palpable i was editing the french connection today yeah and it wasn't a bad conversation but even just like your individual energy level yeah is lower lower yeah me just, personally or no you both of us okay. like we were both i was like are like, you calling me out right now <laughs> no because i've been fasting all day so, and i have like i'm really tired but yeah. like having someone here to have a conversation it instantly changes it the vibe better. it just always feels better so Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Were you fasting last week? Too? Yeah, I was. It was oh, actually the right. first the one first last day. week. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. yeah, that was rough. How has the first week been? <sighs> tiring. Yeah. Like really tiring. You never get used to it. For those who don't know, Nadim is <laughs> Nadim is Muslim and fasting for Ramadan. Yeah. So it started last week. We're on day six or something right now uh-huh. for thirty days, sunrise to sunset. So sunrise is about 5.30 and sunset is about 7.30. Mm-hmm. So 14 hours of fasting. And you've been doing this for over two decades now. Yeah, since I was about 12. Yeah. So, so a while. Almost, yeah, a long time. And it changes every year with the lunar cycle. Mm-hmm. So I did it was when it was in this when it was in the winter and you were fasting like 7 to 4 and just skipping lunch essentially. That's fine. And like having a snack at four and then yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But now it so and I've done it in the summer where it's like three to nine. Oh god, that's terrible. That was rough. Those were rough years. This time of the year is not too terrible. This is definitely better. It's definitely more manageable. But like I got two young kids and like waking up at five o'clock to eat, to sleep for another two hours, to get the kids ready, to go to work, to come back. And like you're regardless, your energy levels go down. You just get tired. The fatigue more than anything, the fatigue is real. I feel like companies should implement nap time for people just in general, but also for those who are fasting, fasting, yeah. like some just a rest period for yourself. I, I mean, I watched a movie today during my lunch period. Otherwise, I have in the past. <laughs> employer lunch. Well, it was my lunch period. I can do <laughs> that's whatever true. I it want. Your lunch. Yeah. You can do whatever I you can do whatever want. I want. So yeah. I did, but that's what I did during my lunch period. Otherwise, during lunch. I could take a nap. Yeah. If I'm like 15 minutes here or there, it's not the end of the world. Mm. But like, that would be the best time to do it. And that's when a lot of people who work from home, especially, like it is easy. You could be like, okay, I'm taking a nap. Nap, yeah. bye. Bye. Yeah. Or you, what some people do, and what I have contemplated doing was wake, when I wake up at five o'clock to eat, eat, you know, and then pray at 5.30 and start work. Uh, and then I'm done by like. 2.30? There you go. And you could really... And then like, I could really sleep until the kids come home kind yeah. of thing. But that means doing that. But I actually, like, I love an earlier morning. I get you so have always much like, more... Yeah. yeah. I get so much stuff done in an earlier work day than I would when I start at, like, 9 or 10 yeah. or whatever. I love... A, like, I used to have a job where I worked at 6 a.m. every yeah. day. And I loved it. 
I, I was done by noon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then but, I just hung out. <laughs> but 5.30, if I started at 5.30, what would the end time be? Is it 1.30? Uh, so it was 6 to 3. Yours was 63. I'm just thinking, in, I'm like, being selfish and thinking in terms of myself. Like, what, five to if you work two. a nine to five. Then it's five to one or five to Is it to really two. five to one? Working nine to five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> nine to five is what? Five. 17 minus five. Nine. Th- three plus five. So yeah. eight. So eight hours is what you're working. Yeah. So 5.30 to 12.30 is seven hours plus one to 1.30. Yeah. You should really contemplate that. I should really contemplate that. I would do it. And then take a... Solid siesta in the afternoon. Yeah, be like you're a Spaniard. Yeah, because I could sleep till from like two to four comfortably. Oh, lay. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Let me try it. I'm actually so excited for you. I wish I I I could do that. Let's see. Okay. I actually had a question for you. We. We haven't checked in with you to see how your 365 days of movies is going. Oh, well, thank you for the check-in. Yes. Um, it's been going slow yeah. recently. Okay. I had a really, like, while you were away, while you were on vacay, um, I really powered through a ton of movies. Yeah. But let me just pull up my list here. So today is, what day is today? March 28th, 2023. It is the 87th day of the year. It is. Um, my my spreadsheet tells me what day of the year it is. And I have watched 101 movies. Yes. Yeah. So not, not like behind or You're anything. not behind, no. At one point, I was like gunning towards a 30-day, uh, like, ahead. I was really? At, oh, I was really close. I think the most I got was 28 days ahead. Wow. And then I kind of slacked Slow off down. a little bit. But you, are, I, you are getting close to it, though, because your parent, yeah... No. Are you? To what? Like, what day of the year is this? The twenty, the 26th. Look at the top of the spreadsheet. I see you have it open. I have it open on my computer because Mita sent it to me to keep her accountable. It, and then it says, today is day. And 87. Then, there you go. Today's day, day 87, and I'm at 100. Oh, right. So you're yeah. not, you're actually quite decent then. Yeah. yeah. I'm 14, two weeks okay. ahead of time. That's not bad. But I was at like almost 28 days ahead. Yeah. So I really took a break the last yeah. few weeks, but I felt like it was kind of necessary. I'm not like super passionate right now about watching different things. You get very fatigued and it's inevitable. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no way you can keep that going forever. Yeah. And it's also so hard to like find something yeah. new every day. So I think moving forward, like I really am going to rely on new releases. Yeah. I have a shit ton of scene points. Yeah. And so a lot of them have like home premieres now. I mm-hmm. could use my points towards renting those. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not use my dad's IPTV. <laughs> Mita's making a point to call herself out. Out of principle, yeah, I won't I use it. it. But I'm going to try to focus a little bit more on like new releases that are coming up because spring is coming. Spring is coming. April is almost here. There are some new releases in April. Yeah, yeah. both Holly and Bali. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, who's Holly? <laughs> Both Holly and Bollywood. Bolly. Yeah, there's some indie movies. There's some, like, things start to pick up now. Yeah. So I think I'll be well on my way. I will, my goal is to keep it consistently at least three weeks because I do have a vacation towards the end of the year that I want to make sure I'm ahead. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to eat that's into really a lot. Eat yeah. Into it. yeah. I was also going to say, you also have some interesting, like, canons you want to do. So you were doing yeah. Yashra, the, all of the Yashraj films. You wanted to do Stanley Kubrick. You wanted to do Alfred Hitchcock. 
Yeah, I didn't write those ones down. I think maybe... I think you just did Yashraj. I wrote down all the Yashraj-produced films. Yes. Not the only is, directed. Is directed. Yeah, so anything that was produced by Yashraj mm-hmm. films, which I'm not, like, there's so many, I'm not I'm not thorough with those. And then I also wanted to look at all um, A24 films. Yes. But I looked at ones that I would actually be interested in watching, because some of them were just like, no, I don't need to see that. Yashraj has 71 yeah. That's a lot. It's and a you lot. watched four. <laughs> <laughs> you watched Bunch of Bubbly, so you can and take that off the yes, list. I've already but that's 71 of ones I haven't seen. So yeah. he's made more. But yeah. Yes, yeah. I, and you've seen some of those. I see, yeah, yeah, I didn't write down the ones I've seen. Yeah, A24, there's a lot here too. Yeah. But again, so all all this to say that like you have about I have projects. You have projects <laughs> and you have two hundred movies to go. And, like, you're not going to watch 200 new releases. No. So it might be, you know, maybe in Halloween you come up with 30 brand new movies to watch. There you go. Because you can't just be watching Scream if... Uh... Um, I'm going to. <laughs> the last six days of October are Fine. dedicated. But then the other 25 <laughs> have to be maybe all new. Oh. But I don't love some new horror films. You know I know. I, mean? I get that. Yeah. I, like underst- I want to watch I understand my... you, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you do this. I think it's a really fun project. Yeah. And like, I love discovering new films, right? Mm-hmm. And it, when you, it's, it can be really hard to get into the place to want to watch something new. Yes. That's a real thing because you sometimes just want to sit back and watch something familiar. Right. No matter how good or bad, no matter if it's Parasite or Sex in the City 2, yeah. you still just, <laughs> that's, that's sometimes all you're craving. Sometimes you just want to sit there have a movie on and look through your phone. Yes. You don't want to have to sit there. And like, especially with this podcast, at least once a week, we are more than likely than not watching something new. Mm -hmm. And like right now for me, it takes energy. Yeah. Like it takes a lot of energy to sit and watch something and try to absorb it. I, when I watched Deliverance, I watched it earlier and I was still pretty tired by the end of it, but I got through it without like falling asleep or having this. I watched it in one go And then at the end, I was like, you know, I'm interested in watching Sex in the City from the beginning, the series, not the movies. And I put on episode one on Crave. Yes. I didn't make it through the credits. (laughs) I realized yesterday when I put it on again, I was just like, I fell asleep during the 15 second Carrie in her tutu. (laughs) I was so tired. They went, do, do, do. That's it. And I was out. I, I, because I, anyways, so I totally get it. This is, so this is admirable. And like, you know, maybe you discover some new things and you, you keep your Criterion um, subscription and you watch some super, you have a super pretentious month. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I don't know if I'm feeling. You watch all the Ingrid Bergman canon. <laughs> or like, really? No, no, no. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I'll get there. I think I can do it this year. I'm still championing myself. I'm sure you can yeah. do it. I'm sure you can do it. And that's why I'm here to like encourage you to, to do it. Exactly, yeah. to push You're a pusher. I'm a, You're a pusher, <laughs> Katie. I'm a pusher. I'm a pusher. <laughs> but speaking of pushing. <laughs> I guess. Yes. yes kind of. Down the river Down you the go. River, yeah. <laughs> so this is an interesting week. It is. For a variety of reasons. Oh, because yeah. first and foremost, what did we watch, Rita? This week we watched 1972 Best Picture nominee, Deliverance. 
And why did we do that? Because, Nazim, yeah. the 1972 Best Picture winner is an unknown independent film called The Godfather. Yeah, it's really hard to find. You might have not heard of it, but we've already done an episode on mm-hmm. The Godfather. So you can go back to season one and listen to our thoughts on the entire Godfather trilogy. Yeah. We watched all three. Um, but we felt like we probably shouldn't talk about that again because we've already yeah. done it. <laughs> so we are officially reviewing Deliverance. Mm-hmm. We are unofficially reviewing what, Mita? Cabaret. <laughs> yes, because Cabaret was actually one of the other nominees. And so we went back and forth about what we should watch uh, this week. And we tried to make it random. We, we said this at the end of French Connection, but we'll make it clear again that the other two nominees, Sounder and The Emigrants, yeah. were less obviously known. The Emigrants, we could not, you Fine. couldn't even rent it online, yeah. so we couldn't. Uh, it's Swedish. Did you know that? Oh. It's like not an... It's a Swedish... It was a foreign picture. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe. Three hours. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the other movie was called Sounder. We got... I don't want to say lucky. <laughs> but I'm going to say lucky in that... We got something that we, re- we wanted, that we to, wanted watch to watch That we wanted to watch. I'd seen Deliverance and Cabaret. Mita had seen Cabaret before, yes. but not Deliverance. So this was an opportunity to see something new... But have an interesting conversation. And I think once we decided it was Deliverance, we also decided we would watch Cabaret because they are three very, very well-known films Mm -hmm. and have a conversation because I think this is one of the first times we'll be able to talk about like... More than one of the nominees. More than one of the nominees. So is it your turn? It is my turn. Okay. Would you like the IMDb description for Deliverance? I would. Okay. Intent on seeing the Kalawasi River before it's dammed and turned into a lake, outdoor fanatic Lewis Medlock takes his friends on a canoeing trip they'll never forget into the dangerous American backcountry. Okay. That's officially what Deliverance is about. Yes. Do we want to also give the cabaret? Sure. Let me pull her up. Discro? Yep. A female girly club entertainer in Weimar Republic-era Berlin romances two men while the Nazi party rises to power around them. You know what I found super fascinating? Yes. How Deliverance and Cabaret are literally the opposite Opposite. of movie. You could not have two movies who are more different from each other. Exactly. Like so polar opposite. It's wild. 1972, man. 1972. It was crazy. It was a crazy year. Crazy. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. One of the things when I was like looking up, uh, like after the fact, a lot of people talked about how the 70s was very open. Like filmmakers. Very experimental. Very very experimental. People were trying a lot of things. And as you go through the list, I own Deliverance. I own Cabaret. I own. I own a lot of movies from the 70s, specifically. From the 70s, mm. which I find very interesting. 70s is also seems to be an era of film that we generally know a lot about. Not just us, but like cinema in general. Yes. There's a lot of movies that are notable from this decade. That are decade. always quoted. That are always, always quoted. 70s is always quoted as being the best decade of film. And I can, I'm starting to see why. You're, yeah. Because I'm, there is a lot of, there's a lot of interesting topics that aren't even explored anymore. Yeah. Or at least like if you wanted to try to do some of these things today, it would look completely different and it's not to its benefit. Yeah. But I do look at something like, okay, give me your thoughts on Deliverance first. Okay. What you knew of Deliverance? 
And then what you experienced with Deliverance? I had no clue what oh, you Deliverance knew nothing. was about. Okay. No, I thought it was a war film. Oh, yeah. good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw John Voight, and I was like, oh, it's probably some, like, yeah. right-wing yeah. war yeah. movie. Yeah. I had no idea that it explored men's, like, friendship and relationship. Yeah. And that scene in particular, <laughs> that when that happened, I literally was like, whoa. What's happening? Yeah, This is what this movie is about? And I think the only thing I ever knew about it was that people just said like, oh, it's like really intense. It's an intense movie. And I was like, well, what does intensity even mean? Like, what if this is an intense movie? This is an absolutely intense movie. Let me tell you. And I was like very pleasantly surprised Mm. because up until like that scene, I was just like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, what's going on? Men on a camping trip. Wow, so great. Yeah, it's wild, crazy. (laughs) crazy. A bow and arrow. Yeah. And then I was like, holy, bow and arrow. <laughs> it, like, that scene, is, it comes out of such, so... Such innocence. Such innocence. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And then the movie just takes the definition of a left, left turn. turn. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was, I was pleased. I did yeah. say it was, like, a scary, scary... Yeah. I don't know if it's... It's not scary in that, like, I, like, was hiding under the covers. It's very unsettling, but though. It's just, like, hard to yeah. sit and watch. Yeah. And I'm like, what? How do you sit in a theater in 1972? Right. And watch that? Because you <laughs> don't have... So, the, there is a very famous and very graphic rape scene. Yes. Where a man rapes another man, actually. Yes. And forget that it's the 70s. It's still shocking. And then attempts to rape another man. Yeah. Yeah. Like yes, yes, quickly yes. Quickly thereafter. Quickly thereafter, yeah. And like the words they're saying to describe what they're about, about to do. About to do, yeah. I'm just like, what? What are you experiencing? Yeah. <laughs> like, the, I did not expect this. Because three years ago. Yes. We had Oliver. <laughs> right? Was Oliver 68 or 70? 68. 16, 68. 69 is Midnight Cowboy. Is Midnight Cowboy. So you get that introduction, but there. you're getting. But I'm saying is that like how that is such it, a vast, such a difference. vast, and like things that we have watched even like in the '60s never come close to this. And here we have a movie that has a gay rape scene yes. or a homosexual rape scene, and then cabaret, <laughs> which for me was like just a delight. Was it? I love cabaret. <laughs> Is life a cabaret, Mita? Life is a cabaret. Okay. I think cabaret has a lot of, like, entertaining qualities to yeah. it. And what I'm learning is, like, I also love The Sound of Music. Yes. <laughs> which yes. is another movie that has entertaining qualities yes. with the contrast of Nazis. The Nazis, yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's how I enjoy my yeah. Nazi entertainment. Yeah. Like, same thing with Inglorious Bastards. Like, there is a lot of entertainment that's, that's there. That's fair, yeah. Yeah. Also about Nazis. Yeah. Enough. Exactly. Yeah. Mita likes the Nazis, guys. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, no Let no, me no, just no, make no, that no. clear. <laughs> I like when there's entertainment around, around the, the Nazis. Nazis. Yeah, because I also like Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> What's wrong with yeah. me? I'll talk to my therapist. Yes, I'll just talk to my therapist about this. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I found cabaret less enjoyable. Okay. I did not dislike it. I could, while watching it, I was like, nothing won't like this. <laughs> I didn't dislike it, yeah. definitely. And I definitely saw the merits, and I really liked, I liked a lot of things about it. 
the influence it had on Chicago is amazing. The, ginormous. Yeah. Huge. So palpable. Liza Minnelli kind of annoying. Kind of annoying, but like that could have gone so much worse. Yes. She is believable as Sally. And Sally's not like, you're not really rooting. You're not for rooting Sally. for her, but you're not rooting against her either. Yeah. You have some empathy towards Sally. But the thing I thought was the most fascinating uh-huh. was that Bob Fosse beat out Francis Ford Coppola to win Best Director that year. Oh, I didn't know You that. didn't know that? No. Yeah. Oh. The Godfather won three Academy Awards. Yeah. Cabaret won eight. Oh. Yeah. It won director, actress, <laughs> supporting actor. It won a lot of major ones. Godfather won picture, actor, and I think uh, screenplay. Interesting. That's it. Or editing. or Something like that. I think it goes back to film bros, though. And, like, they've had sort of this power over cinema and how we look at it like years coming forward and so i think a lot of people are like yes the godfather the godfather the godfather and that's why so many people still talk about the godfather versus like something like cabaret okay but brass tax mitha the godfather is better it's, than cabaret yes it is a better film which i will give you that the bros have definitely had an influence on are like how we feel about it yeah but really objectively speaking the godfather is just it is a better film i think the godfather reaches more of a general audience yes than cabaret would yes and has and has for a variety of reasons including the probably perceived homophobia of you know cabaret and the bros and all of that but to still have a movie like cabaret i think the thing about cabaret that kind of isn't necessarily disappointing or bad is that it I feel like it shies away from being the movie it wants to be not because of anything other than time yeah yeah which is unfortunate because it could be so much more I think it's meant to be a darker more sexual yeah like film and it and it I think at the time was it was x-rated at the time but I think that it works because like if you, they had the freedom that you have today, like I don't know if that would still have a, like it could fall into territory of being like a really bad Ryan Murphy production. Oh yeah. Right? Like yeah. I like that it was made then. Like this makes sense to me watching it made in the 70s because you easily could make this like super over the and top. Super campy, and super campy. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's like not as enjoyable. Like yeah. there is something about the honesty that this is like made in the 70s yeah. and happening during the 40s yeah. that it should be darker. It shouldn't be some like loud gay pride. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like this is coming from someone who loves <laughs> a gay pride. A gay pride, pride. pride yeah. Like it works for what it yeah. is. But even still, I think the Ryan Murphy like parallel definitely drives the point home that yeah. like that's not what you want because that's not what, what you, you want. want. But you may want something. I'm trying to think of a more subtle gay filmmaker or someone more subtle who has made films like that. I can't think of anyone. Mm-hmm. I almost want. Posse could. But you know what? This is a stretch. Okay. But I almost want like Barry Jenkins to direct. Oh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Someone who could tell like a naturalistic real story without. The pomp and circumstance of being gay. Because that's the problem with Ryan Murphy. It's yes, everything is so like Ryan Murphy and the gay pride parade of it all. Like it's not just a subtle story about humans. Yeah. 
I think the pomp is kind of necessary, though, like where it is subtly in cabaret because it is about a cabaret. Like no, no, there's no, a but, cabaret But show. it's the right amount, amount of cabaret, it, yeah. but I would like to see, they gloss over a lot of things. You're saying like in a modern world yes. today, Barry Jenkins could do something like this. They gloss yeah. over the main character, Brian's sexual, like bisexuality, yeah. for instance, like heavily, mm-hmm. heavily. The abortion, her promiscuity, things are alluded to. And they do talk about things way more than they have talked about them in other films. Mm-hmm. But I think a movie now would be able to address them so much more. Yeah. Like, head on. You know, a cabaret without any amount of, like, toplessness just felt a little, like... A little too guarded? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, like, not that I need to see tits. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. <laughs> but, like, part of it is kind of just, like... Hey, we know that at the time, even at the time, you probably would have had. Did have tits. You did have yeah. some boobage, right? Mm. And so, like, you even the even though this was very overtly sexual, it would have been. It probably should be even more overtly sexual. I kind of like the subtlety to okay, it, though. That's fair. I think, like you, which and is I... weird because at the time it was not subtle. No, like it, it was, was not it was outlandish. Yeah. But I think that the like I appreciate that about yeah. it. Like you know that it is there. Like you and I, as an audience, were smart enough to know that yeah, there actually probably was real nudity at these shows. Yeah, we don't need to see it. That's fair. Yeah. I don't need to see it. I think it kind of kept what away the yeah. yeah, and I think. Again, bringing it back to Deliverance, then I think the thing it does is that Deliverance doesn't feel like it's hiding anything. It feels like it puts everything it wants to say mm. right out there. Like we don't these two rapists, for instance. Yeah. We don't know if they're gay or it doesn't matter. They're yeah. just meant to be rapists. It, it's irrelevant, you know, who they are and what they've done and all of that. And that that kind of monsterness about them is really great. So it's interesting you say that because yeah. I. While watching, I was thinking about what you said when you were watching Women Talking. Yes. And how you would have liked to have seen the perspective of the men men, in that situation as to why they do what they do. And I had said that I don't need to see that. I know that men seem to feel like they have some sort of power over women and they can take that. Watching this, I was like, why do these men (laughs) think that they have power over these other men? I don't understand that. You don't understand that dynamic? I don't understand that dynamic. I don't understand, like, also, like fraternity hazing and like that often happens like I don't understand because if you were to go to these two men and say to them hey you're probably gay yeah yeah yeah. exactly they would not take it well this was a clear example of sexual assault as a form of power yeah like it was the first I I it that that is what it is there's no denying that that's what rape whether it's a man or a woman that that's what it is why do they need this sense of power I think, to me, the yeah. reason I always take away from this is that it's the country folk exerting power over city folk. Like, feeling like you are the butt end of the joke and then re- retaking, like, taking that back, essentially. But they didn't do anything. But to... they were just city folk. Yeah. It was enough. That's so... Pardon my language. That's so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's, I think, the point, point, is that all they had to do was be exist? there. Yeah, exist. Yeah. And it didn't matter... I think they saw, they saw that they were city folks, so they saw a weakness in and out. Like, there's always this, like, that people in the country are a little bit more strong, a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, street smart, let's say. And they instantly saw these two people who were like, oh, you look weak. But you just, like, robbed them. Why are you sodomizing them? Again, to demoralize someone. Like, I just don't to, understand that. To exert power over yeah. them. Yeah. That's something that I think should actually be explored. The, why, like, why The rapist men- perspective? Hmm? The rapist perspective. Yeah, that, that is the rapist perspective I will look into. Yeah. 
<laughs> that I'm interested yeah. in. Yeah. Because I just don't, I cannot fathom thinking, like I don't hear a lot about female on female. I don't think right? I've ever heard female on female. Very like, little, no, uh, there's no, I can't think of a single Law & Order SVU episode. <laughs> <laughs> where they've explored where it, that. It, I mean, it must happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it has, but like that's definitely oh. what. In soft and quiet, it does. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's also about power. power. Yeah, but that's what it is. And yeah. Okay, but that's also like a particular. Like a racist power. <laughs> but still, yeah. power, like the reason so, she does it is yeah. it's a power thing. Right. At the end of the day. But like it is very rare to see women it do is that very to one rare. another. Yes. And so it's interesting to me, like, why do men do that? Like, even in, when, like, why did John Hamm set that guy on fire? Like, <laughs> we've talked about this. John Hamm was a part of like some fraternity hazing. When oh, he yes, 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 yes. And yes. they set somebody on fire, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And, like, I've read articles about men being, like, sodomized while yes, hazing, yes, yes. Through, hazing, right? Yeah. So, like, wh- what? What is I, that? I truly think it's the power dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's exerting dominance over someone submissive. And that's oftentimes, I think, what people think gay sex is really about, right? Like, a top exerting power over a bottom. Mm-hmm. And I think that just that's just how it translates even in a sexual assault form. I think, I think, I don't know, like, who am I? Yeah. That's just my, like, supposition about yeah. it. That's the that's the thing that, like, makes sense to me, that it literally is about exerting power over someone. Well, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, no one is denying that. Yeah. I, but And I also think it's important that it happens to the John Voight and Ned Bailey. Ned Beatty? Ned Beatty characters. Yeah. And not, not Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. Because Burt Reynolds is meant to be your guy's Guide. guy. Yeah. He's the one that brought them all yes. on this trip. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah like that would, it wouldn't it work. It wouldn't happen to no. Burt Reynolds. And he's the one that stabs an arrow through yeah. one yeah. of them. But I, what I love about Deliverance is that you think, you don't, once that happens, you kind of, in my head at least, I was just like, all right, they're going to like bury it, bury the body. And I had seen Deliverance before, but it was so many years ago that I forgot I thought they were just, I thought what happened was they bury the body and then they're, ch- they're chased by someone and they end up being chased by someone. But the conversation about like, what do we do with do. this body now? I was like, what do you do with this body? I was going to ask you, what was, were you, what yeah, would you have done? What would you do with that body in that circumstance? Because the arguments on both sides were so valid. I would have copped to it and said like, he tried to assault me and yeah. My friend protected me. But the uh, the conversation of just like, we're not, we are lower people here. We'd be stuck here forever. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't know. One of them is stuck there forever. Forever. Yeah. He deserves it. <laughs> I don't know what I would do with that. I would like to believe I would want to be the right thing. The right thing. Yeah. But I don't know if I would. Mm. Especially when doing that seems so easy to not get caught. Like, if Drew hadn't died, yeah. they would have easily gotten, gotten away, away with, with it. it. Like, there, there are other circumstances that led to that what investigation. That, I don't know. What if, he, what if his dream is real and he pops up <laughs> in the water? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But I still think that it would just would have been easy to, easier. To just forget about to it. Just forget about it. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, and then there's The Godfather. <laughs> and then there's The Godfather. What a wild year of cinema, though. It's so it's so all over the it's place. Right? I love it. And, like, the way Best Picture should be. Yeah. like It's similar to this year. There are a lot of things that are, like, all over the place. And, like, even the little we know about Sounder and The Immigrants, they are very different films from this. Yes. And so that's our really... It feels like it actually is an encapsulation of yes. what the year looked like, yeah. as opposed to having like three films that are all like musicals or something. Yeah. yeah. And which is maybe also why three out of these five films mm-hmm. are still with us. Yeah. Right? Like they're still recognizable. They're still recognizable films. Are we calling 1972 as one of the best years? Of I think films? so far, maybe the best year. Oh, interesting. Which is interesting because The Godfather ended up winning. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Na, 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 na. <laughs> yes. Okay. I could, can't remember the Godfather. At all? Like, I remember parts of it, but I, part two really stuck you with rem- me. Yes. And I, I remember really, you liked part two. Yeah. I love learning the story yeah. of how he became who he is. I was a bigger fan of part one. Oh, yes. But when I was watching Deliverance and then I watched Cabaret, because you also watched Cabaret and then Deliverance. Yeah. So what was that experience like? Um, I felt rushed to watch Deliverance okay. <laughs> because I watched it in one shot. Yeah. Um, and it's short with an hour and 50. It is short, yeah. yes. Yeah. Cabaret, I watched like lightheartedly. Yeah. I had it on in the background while I was like doing some things and I was singing along to songs. Yeah. So like it was enjoyable yeah. for me. But it was very like what, while I was sitting and watching Deliverance and watching these men on their trip, I was just like, oh, great. Like another yeah. bro movie. Bro movie, yeah. Um, but it took a really interesting yeah. turn, and I was like, oh, okay, I can see why this is in the mix now, yeah. but yeah. Interesting that you say, a, like, a really bro movie, because it really is a bro movie, but I remember as I was watching it, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, this is a man's movie done right. Yeah. Like, this is like it's actually, actually interesting. It's interesting. It's talking about things like masculinity and the notion of what that is, and like, Really asking questions about what it is to be a man. Yes. Whereas The Which Godfather... Also does that, though. Also does that, but almost asks the question, what is it like to be a toxic man? Does The Godfather do that? I think the repercussions of The yeah. Godfather do that. But it is asking, what is it like to be a man? To be someone who... Of power. Of power, who yeah. has a family that they need to protect. Yeah. I think the themes... Do you take the cannolis or the gun? Do you take the cannolis and the gun? Yeah. <laughs> I could use a cannoli right now, but I mean... Oh my gosh, fine. let's go get one. Let's go get okay. some Italian bakery. I think, yeah, and that's very interesting. Whereas, what what is Cabaret asking? What is life a Cabaret? <laughs> what is Cabaret asking? Is life all over the place? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Sally is, like, going on this journey of yeah. being a woman and having... New and interesting things provided to her. And then all of a sudden, well, I don't want to spoil it. She gets pregnant, guys. (laughs) And she has an abortion, too. Like, I think that's really interesting for the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did Roe v. Wade go into place? Around that time? Yeah. Must have been. I feel like the 70s was a big year. Must have been love. Well, I also don't know what it was like. What abortion laws were like in, 73. in Europe. Oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah. So Europe That's must have had That's on the nose, it. <laughs> yeah. That That's is on the nose. So on the nose. Can you yeah. imagine being like in 1972, not having the right to have an abortion? You go see a movie like Cabaret. Yeah. Where the main character has one. Yeah. 
that's amazing. And it's so talked about so casually too. Yes. Yeah. I was just like, well, I have to get this done. I'm not going to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And she has the freedom to do it. Exactly. That's fascinating. Oh, Sally. And then a year later, it takes effect. Yep. Or starts to take effect. And then many years later, it's shot on. Yeah. But that's another conversation <laughs> for another time. That's a different country. That's a different, yeah. Let's not think Let's about not it. Think about them. But we should think about them and it's, it's important. It's but important. Yeah. But <laughs> yes, for the sake of this conversation, we don't have to. But I think these, I think we're entering a very interesting era. Mm-hmm. Like I think 71 and 72 were fine in terms of movies. This is 72. Sorry, 1771. 1771. Yeah. We're fine, but I think this is a really, it's a real, it's a banner year. This is a notable year. Yes. I would definitely say of like everything we've watched so far, this is very notable. But when I was going through the list, there's also, there's other notable years like to come. Oh. There's a lot of like next year, for instance. The Sting. The Sting. But The Exorcist is in there. Yes, as a nominee. And then we have The Godfather too, and we have Chinatown and The Conversion. And then the year after that, with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, we have Jaws and Nashville and Dog Day Afternoon and Barry Lyndon and then Rocky and then All the President's Men and Network and Taxi Driver. (laughs) It's what, like, it's really... There's just so many. There's just so many. (laughs) And, like, if you think about, we go from having not seen anything many years to being, like, I've seen, like, half of this list. Yeah. Of all the movies I've seen, like, of all the old movies I've seen, I clearly have seen most of them from the 70s. The 70s is something. But something. I'm excited that we're going to experience it. Because yeah. there are a lot there that I haven't seen. No, exactly. And I think that's, it's really fun to be a part of this. And you're totally seeing, this is a real example of a year. You're seeing where cinema is really taking flight. Yes. As a, me- not just a storytelling medium, but as a political medium, as a medium to, of, of a of message. Mm-hmm. It's really taking that form of what it's kind of become today, but been bastardized today, I think. Yes. Like, this feels very authentic. It, yeah, it feels very grounded and yeah. real. Like, because if you were going to see these types of movies today, or at least movies set in the 70s, everything is so much about the aesthetic of yeah. like, what it looks like yeah. and things like that. And I remember one of my points with The Godfather was like, they don't look like they're in the 40s and yeah. the 50s. And I kind of appreciate it now more. <laughs> yeah. But they just sort of... They just wanted to tell a story. Yes. They didn't care so much about what it looked like. But when I was watching it, I was like, that is not what Kate would wear (laughs) (laughs) to a wedding. Just because that's what the focus is now. But even when you watch something like Cabaret, you're like, sure, this is, you know, Berlin in the 30s. And you kind of just accept it when realistically... If you were to really delve into it, you're probably like, "Mm, probably not. Not quite, but yeah. Not quite, but it doesn't matter because that's, you're not focused on that. You're focused on, you're really focused on character and storytelling. Yes. And I feel like, I feel like we're going to, this 10 years is going to be amazing and then it's, it is going the to be The 80s down, will be interesting, but I'm wondering if like, if we, because when we see those titles of the 80s, I haven't seen most of them, but I know that the titles bring up some like boredom. <laughs> They're literally called ordinary people. <laughs> but I'm wondering if, like, watching it will have different perspectives. If it I will think, actually be boring to us. I think you're going to notice a significant dip in quality. That's my thing. Oh, interesting. I really, truly think that the 70s is going to be... Because, f- fine, you have something like The Godfather winning. Mm-hmm. But even The Godfather... Which, even The Godfather, such a terrible movie. No, even The Godfather, which you and I don't love, but still respect. Yeah. You can still say, no, this is still quality. And yeah. this is still trying to do something. And I think 
we talked about this how the godfather is one of those movies that is kind of a victim mm-hmm. uh, like the movie wasn't trying to be broy at the time and i think was trying to do a certain thing and the bros have kind of co-opted They've taken it over it yeah yeah but i think the 80s is just the homogenization of like bland filmmaking and we're losing that sense of like excitement and that sense of being avant-garde and pushing the envelope like when when was the last time an oscar winner pushed the envelope Hmm. I mean there are things in everything everywhere all at once. Sure, are, yeah. I mean, what have you seen nunchucks that are penises? Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. Like every, everything everywhere all at once, but I don't think it pushes the, the envelope, envelope for our time. That's true. Like I you can't even say technically that something like Brokeback pushes the envelope because I don't think Brokeback was pushing an envelope. It was just telling a story that was appropriate for the time, but it really wasn't like I also it's just so interesting to see like where uh, like me personally was at that moment because when broke back came out I was like 14 15 yeah. years old and like you didn't hear about gay stories like it was still taboo That's fair that's fair And so yeah. it did feel like it was pushing the envelope now as a 30 That's actually very true. Yeah. As a 30 something I'm like oh that's that's, that's just That's expected story. Yeah. yeah. So maybe at the time yes it's when would have been and then we went for the hum- bland choice of crash. But isn't it crazy that 40 50 years later 50 right 73 73 yeah. 50 years 50 years later yeah. something like deliverance something like cabaret even in some ways is pushing the envelope but that's what i'm saying it's that, so it's, it's so exciting to watch because you can we can te- by watching this one movie a year kind of thing you're seeing it's a snapshot you're seeing the like waveform of it and this year specifically both cabaret deliverance are pushing envelopes mm-hmm. like but so did um midnight cowboy so did french connection in some yeah. way so did patton in some way as well yes. but like there was de- like fine patton didn't it like gel with us it was a new type of war movie exactly it was a new different type of war movie it was trying to tell a different type of story these are all movies that are really trying to push the narrative and do something different and do something and i feel like even next week with the sting and like the exorcist nominee you're going to see movies that are trying to really you know awaken an audience mm-hmm. and that's so exciting and i think like people often ask like w- if you could go back and watch movies from a certain time period when would it be like it for the, the first 70s. time it would absolutely be the 70s like this would be such an exciting time to experience for the first time yeah so let's ask the question oh boy <laughs> did the godfather deserve best picture <sighs> With the caveat that we haven't seen Sounder and we haven't seen The Emigrants, but we can assume, given where they sit in time, as forgotten, yeah. they probably aren't as good as these three. As much as I enjoyed watching these three, yeah. none of these, like, I wouldn't say any of these are, like, my favorite yes. movie, yes. right? Like, it's not something that really resonates Which with me. Which is probably even better. Yeah. Because you can give because an honest... Because they're all equally yeah. very good yes. movies. Yeah. But I also would say there's nothing like completely remarkable about just one. Yes. That I feel like one is the standout amongst okay. the three. So it's hard to say like which one deserved yeah. the win. But you got to pick. But I, you're you, asking me to You got a ballot. These I, are the nominees. <laughs> who am I pick? knocking off? Personal taste, I do enjoy Cabaret. Cabaret yeah. But I also don't think that, that it should be the it best It should be the best picture. picture. Yeah. 
I actually, I'm leaning towards Deliverance. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think Deliverance says something, and maybe it's because it's 50 years later and I've heard so many men talk about how much they love The Godfather. Yes. Whereas, like, Deliverance is actually delivering something that is (laughs) so different. This goes into my review because I'm just going to bleed into it. Because it's something that is completely different. Something that I have not seen since and explore subject matter that is really interesting. It is hard to watch. I did not enjoy sitting there watching a man being sodomized. I will say that. But that is what actually kind of makes it the better movie in my opinion is that it's exploring something that is risque and does it in a really mature way this easily could have been like ugly yeah and it doesn't do that and it lets the audience explore questions around that too because when watching that harrowing scene my mind was thinking like why would a man do that to another man what why is there that dynamic that's there what are they going to do next are they going to bury this body why wouldn't you just go to the cops and say hey he tried to rape me how hard would it be for a man to have to say hey he tried to like there's so many questions that could be answered and could be snowballed and like the thing that I liked about Deliverance too is like I would also watch a sequel to this where they look into like the next steps like what happened living with the fact that you know what happened and you've gotten away with it like how do you live with that afterwards like John Boyd waking up from those nightmares that's an interesting story too and when I was thinking back, like I didn't get to rewatch The Godfather, but I don't know if I necessarily had all those questions yeah. when we watched it and when I've seen it in times yeah. past. And I think it's also just been so saturated by male culture yeah. <laughs> that it just doesn't stay relevant to me. Whereas like Cabaret is just a fun time for me yeah. personally, but I don't know if that really says anything about the year 1972. Yes. It just says something to me, Mita. Yeah. And so I think Deliverance deserves best picture. Okay, Mita. And I'm I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Give me some people ideas. <laughs> I would like to see like see, yeah. what is the psychological aftermath, aftermath of going through something like this? Yeah. Like what does that look like? What for does that you? drama look like? And like does it turn into The Shining? Yeah. Because <laughs> it probably, it probably does. could, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Do you have? And what's your rating for cabaret? Even though it won't like this is the deliverance episode, but what is your rating? For My cabaret? cabaret rating is also three and a half. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Because <laughs> life is a cabaret, old chum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think that deliverance is it has stood the test of time in a way that you don't expect it to. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it. I think the reason I watched it initially, because I was just like, why is this, like, canoe drama action movie about, like, why is this nominated for Best yeah. Picture? And, I again, I was young and dumb, and I didn't, I don't think I fully was able to grasp those things, like, fully. Being a, like, full-grown man now, like, it, it definitely changes how you view it. And it's still, like, it's a, it's a film to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is a film to experience, and... Those canoe scenes are actually quite, quite exhilarating. Like, they are fun to watch them, you know, go through the rapids and all of that. But when you get to the the meat of the movie, yeah, it leaves you with a real question of, like, oh, what's... First of all, oh. oh. And then, oh. oh. Yeah. Then yeah. There's, there's so much question of, like... Oh, and then we don't even talk about the fact that when John Voight climbs that mountain and shoots that man yeah the question of it who did he shoot who is that guy who is that guy and the fact <laughs> he that has they, to live with that he has to live with that the unanswered question and the fact that like was it this guy was it not was it this guy's brother-in-law who went hunting and went missing like mm. what is going on here 
all of those questions that like you have to live with and the one thing it does so well is that it presents it in this the way that he's going to live with it yeah like that's exactly how those individuals are going to live with it that's how you are experiencing it so you he will never have an answer the way you will never have an answer mm-hmm. he's experienced watching his friend get raped the way you have experienced watching his friend get raped so like what are those questions fine you don't have to bury the dead body but essentially you do have to think about like what would i do what should someone do yeah few movies are able to accomplish that kind of psychological complexity and like put that on an audience yes. which is pretty pretty impressive yeah when i compare the three of them i would say i think cabaret to me is the weaker of the mm-hmm. three a very strong weak film yeah is what i would say i think the the influence it has especially on the modern musical is very big and you mm-hmm. can see it in chicago more than anything i think rob marshall uses modern filmmaking and technology to refine that what bob fosse was trying to do but bob fosse was a revolutionary yes. like in the way he does that it's really amazing to watch and how he's trying to combine sex and violence and music and comedy and like all of that is really quite something to behold and experience and does it and does it yeah, yeah. and how he uses editing especially to achieve that to have that man being beat up in the middle of a song and like to go between serious scenes to go back to musical numbers even if some of those musical numbers stick out like sore thumbs and shouldn't be there especially that like one about like two women and one man yeah. i was just like this lifts right out and should <laughs> not be here but so much of it still works so you have to give him that so i get why he won best director yeah. because it really he really is pushing an envelope he more than francis ford coppola is doing something yeah. there's a real like an attempt to do something and i really appreciate that the academy recognized that mm-hmm. but the godfather is still the godfather it is and it's hard to look at the godfather anymore without any preconceived notion mm-hmm. it would be the ideal movie to watch if you woke up from your you know retrograde amnesia and someone was just like watch the godfather i would love to know that opinion Oh, interesting. I would love to someone to watch it who has no, no idea. idea what they're watching and be like, hey, what did you experience? Because you and I cannot have that experience. No. And even when we watched it two years ago, we were not able to have that experience and we will never have that experience. You have children, though. I know, but the problem with that <laughs> is that it's such a violent film. My mm-hmm. children have to be old enough to watch it. And have had not heard and not Yes. So, like, how do you... We will protect them, we will protect at, them, all them at all costs. <laughs> So when I think about The Godfather, I think of the effect. I think of certain things about The Godfather, like Marlon Brando is so good. So good in it. So, so good in it. You can't escape that. That that like half hour wedding scene is incredible. Michael going back to Italy and like there's so much that is memorable and good about it. There's a reason it has that that clout to it. And I think that's what the Academy held on to. Mm -hmm. I also think it was the more accessible film of the three films. Yes, for sure. Like, that's why it won. It was not... And I don't think it has anything to do necessarily with the homosexual content in both films. No, I actually don't I don't think think that that was it. I just think that the other two films are very, very extreme at the time. But also their their extremes feel completely approachable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Still extreme, but approachable. approachable. Like, there's a reason they're nominated, but there's a reason they didn't win. Yeah. Like, it kind of all it makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> it all makes sense why The Godfather won, but also why they were both nominated. Mm-hmm. So I gave The Godfather four stars. 
And I would stick to that. I would give Deliverance three and a half stars. Yeah. Which is what this episode will have. And I would give Cabaret three stars. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, where yeah. I would sit. Very nice. Old but time. I'm glad you like Deliverance. I actually really I was not. I was, I was watching it and I was just like, this can go either way. With me, either hate this, hate this or, or actually this. really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. But I'm glad you, it was, I was really, it's exciting to be in this kind of year. Yeah. This is a story about men that I actually wanted to watch. Yeah. And I went into this thinking like, this is a story about men. <laughs> <laughs> Great, another movie about. But what I will say on the flip side is, yeah. don't dismiss Cabaret because it's a very gay musical. It's yeah. an iconic. It's an iconic gay film musical. Don't dismiss it for that because it is way more interesting than that. Yeah, because that dismissal happens as well. People dismissing the super masculine and people dismissing the super feminine or the super gay, whatever that is. Yeah. There's way more to be gleaned from. Cabaret that. is a film for homosexuals. It is a it is a it is absolutely for a gay audience. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it's not for you. No, it yeah. doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. And it's about like that 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 the being closeted is a big part of of, it. of the film, but yeah. it is not the crux of the film. And I love Michael York. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> Liza Minnelli is still kind of annoying. No, I I appreciated Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I was like Liza this could have gone really bad, but you're holding your own in here. Yeah. It works. I guess. Yeah. She kind of works it. She worked for me. Sure. Yeah. But that was Deliverance slash Cabaret slash The Godfather. What a year. And Sounder and The Immigrants. Yeah. Let's not forget Sounder and The Immigrants. (laughs) What if we watched those and we wound up liking one of those? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. What a life. I would be, I'm super curious actually to know Mm -hmm. because what, like see what competed with these things, you know? I feel like the Sounder and the Immigrants are probably like the Michael Clayton of those years. Shut up. <laughs> Some of us like Michael Clayton, Some okay? of us love Michael Clayton. I don't know if love is the word I would use. I think love is absolutely the word I would use. That you love it? No, you love it. <laughs> I really enjoyed you Michael really Clayton. Love it. However, I also was like a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> yes, exactly. We'll see when we get to that year because we do have to pick a, a different movie to watch. 2006, right? I don't remember, but that's the yeah. year of No Country for Old Men. And Juno? And there will be blood and atonement. And Juno. And Juno. I'm excited for Juno. <laughs> but that is many years from now. Yes. Before we talk about what we're watching next week. Uh-huh. Nita. Yes. Game. Okay. So last week, Nadim, um, you challenged me to connect yes. the movie Friday yes. with your favorite movie. All-time favorite film. Sex in the City 2. Everyone should watch that. And you know City what, film. audience members? I did it. She did it. I did it she good. She did it, yeah. Um, so Nadim, yeah. your challenge is to connect yeah. Sex in the City 2. And I was having a hard time choosing a movie. Okay. And so I decided to choose mm-hmm. to connect Sophie's Choice. Oh, what is Sophie's <laughs> Choice? <laughs> so Sex in the City 2 to Sophie's Choice. Okay. And your timer uh, starts uh, now. There's probably an easy way to do this. There is. And I can't think of it. Yeah, you. I don't think you'll get the easy way. Yeah, yeah. but I'll get some way because yeah, Meryl yeah. Streep. Yes. Meryl Streep is in a lot of things. Yeah, she is. She is. She's been nominated for an Oscar like a hundred times. 18 times. 18? I think it's 18. There's also Sarah Jessica Parker who's been in a lot of crap too. Oh, there's also Penelope Cruz. Oh, Penelope Cruz was in nine who was with Nicole Kidman who was in The Hours with Meryl Streep. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Penelope Cruz is in Sex and the City too? Yeah, she has a cameo. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) 
Why is she? I just watched it, which is why I know that. But she does have a cameo. That was not mine. Yes, I didn't think so because I did not realize that (laughs) Penelope Cruz was even in it. (laughs) Um, So, Sex and the City two stars one character who I believe you are, which is Miranda. I'm a Miranda. (laughs) You're a Miranda for sure. Am I not a Carrie? You're a Miranda. I okay. With Carrie tendencies. But you are... Wait, what are the Carrie tendencies? The good qualities okay, of Carrie. Thank you. You know I don't like Carrie. I know you don't like so Carrie. So it's also yeah. an insult if I call you a Carrie. Yeah. Fair, yeah. You are Miranda, okay. though, um, which is, is Cynthia Nixon, yeah, yes. if you've heard of her. She is in a movie that I've been trying to get you to watch called The Pelican Brief. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which was directed by Alan J. Bakula, okay. who directed Sophie's Choice. Oh, okay. I was not going to get that. No. Thanks, Penelope. Really, really did me a solid. But also watch the Pelican Brief. I will watch the Pelican Brief eventually at some point. Yeah. But not next week, Mm -hmm. because next week, what are we watching, Mita? The Sting. The Sting. The Bee Sting. It's a caper, apparently. Oh. Wait, is it Paul Newman? It's Paul Newman, and I think it's your boy. Yeah. (gasps) Butch and Sundance back again. Paul and Rob. Wow, I love Robert Redford so much. Is it three hours? I don't know. It's two hours. I could do three hours of Robert, Robert Redford. Redford. <laughs> 1970s Robert yeah. Redford? Hell yes. Yeah. Okay, Mita. Okay. That's but that's next week, the sting. Yeah. The year the Exorcist was nominated. Well so Let's maybe we'll out. watch both. Oh no, 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 no. Oh maybe. What else was nominated? <laughs> this is I think these are the years where we're gonna be. We're like, gonna Let's do see. like all of them. American Graffiti, Cries and Whispers, which is by Ing yeah, Ingmar Ing- Ingmar Ingmar Bergman. Bergman. The Exorcist and A Touch of Class. I'll watch American Graffiti too. I'll watch American Graffiti. Have you seen it? I've never seen American Neither Graffiti. Have I. <laughs> I just want to make sure it's not like seven hours long. No, I think it's short. It's, it's two George hours. Lucas. It's yeah. It's less than, yeah. George Lucas and FFC. Oh. Yes. Directed by George Lucas, but produced by FFC. And a future director, Ron Howard, stars in the film. Yes, exactly. There you go. Interesting year. Huh. Let's do it. Mitha, do you mind if I say the quote? Go for it. I bet you could squeal like a pig. Whee! (laughs) I'm so glad you did that because I don't think it would be appropriate if I did that. No, probably not. (laughs) Yeah. It is, it is, I will say, it is a harrowing line, but it's also the line in the movie. It's the line of the movie that I chose to leave out. Yeah, I get it. Guys, I think Mitha needs a moment. So we're going to sign off. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for... The Sting. Sting. Have a lovely week, folks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our litter box at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.